Okay, I am blessed in what all has been touched this morning. Um, it's been good. I think we can rejoice in that, and um, I trust that God is glorified. Um, This is <clears throat> New Year's Eve, so we're about to leave behind us the old year. Um, and this is not really pertaining to the sermon I have prepared, but um, because of the day and um, tomorrow being the first day of a new year, I thought maybe open with a few thoughts concerning leaving the old and, and beginning anew. Um, we know that uh, you know, the scriptures tells us that, that old things have passed away and we have become a new creature. So, um, just the the thought of um, beginning anew, um, being fervent in in uh, pursuing the the new life, the, the life that is given us in Christ. Um, Let us press onward in, in faith in that. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I didn't make any notes. I, I had more thoughts on that this morning, but they've kind of taken leave now. But let's just be encouraged in, in knowing that, uh, that God is with us and that with him uh, all things are made new and we don't need to dwell in the, in the, the old leaven of the past of our past sins but but we can live a new life and rejoice in that <clears throat> so I guess this is a the first part of I don't know two or three sermons uh, taken from Romans chapter 8 um, I didn't know uh, how this would go when I um, when I started this it, the thought actually was shared with me uh, asked if I would share on Romans 8 and um, I had been wanting to sometime just 
just take a chapter and and just pour through it and so this was the the key I needed I guess and I appreciate that so <clears throat> we'll start um, not sure how far we'll get but that really does not matter um, just pray that this that God can have his way through the spirit um, and pouring into my mind thoughts that that need to be shared and uh, the truth of his word um, so I'll start with reading the first four verses in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So, <clears throat> what I've done is just taken short, short phrases and um, just break it down and, and you know, what is this really saying? So, beginning in verse 1, there is, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So, thinking of the condemnation, um, imagine a person on death row. And if you think of, of how that person must feel. Um, so, maybe we can start with imagining what what puts a man on death row? Um, usually, it consists of a murder, but but not um, you know s some of those situations are are very grotesque and people contemplate they plan they they connive they um, they're just very much evil in the murder they commit and um, the worse it gets the more likely they will end on death row so think of the the misery of that person all the guilt that he's carrying with him and then let's say the the day before his execution is to take place the president comes along and declares him um, not guilty let him go free think of the relief of that person um, Maybe the, the person that is really uh, has an evil and a dark heart feels not much relief. Uh, but if he has come to, 
to a remorse, what a relief that would be to him. Okay, so we can only imagine what that would be like. In reality, um, the whole human race is on death row because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. So in, in one sense, everyone is on death row. But God um, sent Jesus to, to pronounce us not guilty and to set us free. And, and that comes through, through accepting his sacrifice on the cross, the, the blood he shed, just the, the plan of God's salvation in that his redemption for us believing it accepting it receiving it in our hearts and that sets us free it removes uh, it removes our guilt and so um, I think that's what it is telling us here that there is, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So what is walking after the flesh? Um, I'm leaving out that little word, not. You know. So there's no condemnation to those who walk not after the flesh. But let's take a look at what it is to walk after the flesh. Um, and... These are my thoughts. Um, I, I hope you add your own thoughts to this as we go through here. Um, I, I'm not the most studious person, uh, not very thorough. Um, so there's lots of room to add to this, I'm sure. But the, the thoughts I had and, and what it means, the, the term after the flesh, is acting out those initial uprisings that we experience. Like something happens and, and um, maybe, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's anger, but something rises up within us. And if we, if we act on those impulses, that is a form of walking after the flesh. Uh, yielding to carnal and selfish tendencies um, you know just simply being selfish uh, wanting wanting our own way in, in certain situations or wanting things that that are just pleasing to our ourselves you know not not considering um, others just just a Plain and simple selfishness, um, or indulging in self-filled pleasures, considering only our own needs or time schedule, following an agenda designed to benefit ourselves, with no consideration of how it affects our fellow man. 
think that would be a, a form of walking after the flesh. Um, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 6, um, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So, um, we are not sufficient of ourselves This, I guess, is um, kind of the other side of it. Um, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. not quite sure what my thought was there but um, we without um, without the Holy Spirit giving us direction um, leading our thoughts uh, softening our heart giving us a, a gentle and caring spirit um, Without that, we will be walking after the flesh. So, <clears throat> back to verse 1, um, you know, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Walking after the Spirit is the exact opposite of walking after the flesh. Um, We have so walking after the flesh or after the spirit requires a a um, dying to self, a mortifying of the flesh. Um, I like so well the the concept of of laying our cares on the altar um, um, in, in my mind's eye it's like um, Abraham lazing, laying Isaac on the altar you know um, just just putting it out there before God letting, letting go and letting God uh, have his way and <clears throat> we have we have work to do we have uh, we are responsible 
we are called to to be active and all that but um, at the same time um, we want to to hand our cares over to God and let him work out those details in his timing <clears throat> That is a, a form, a one way of walking after the Spirit. Um, we have relinquished our rights, which I say that with um, recognizing that we really don't have rights, but we tend to to think that way. We, our our carnal nature, uh, wants to claim rights when we really want to relinquish those rights uh, and allow God to have His way in our life, to work His will in us. Um, and and as we do that we are prepared to be led by God uh, through the voice of his spirit uh, and in, in that state uh, we are walking after the spirit and not after the flesh um, we can know without doubt uh, the, the way that God would have us go and, and he instills in us uh, a peace that that we don't expect uh, and we we don't understand <clears throat> that brings <clears throat> brings us happiness and and joy um, and the, the spontaneous result of that uh, took my mind to um, Philippians 4, verse 4. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus I think that is that is a, a gift given to us uh, as a result of walking after the spirit <clears throat> so if we move on to verses 2 and 3 um, these two verses also more or less lay out verse 1 um, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh so um 
the the law of sin and death was was weak in that um, it was a a works oriented law actually you know like if if we think of the children of Israel, there were many many things that they were asked to do and um, as they followed that in faith, it was imputed unto them as righteousness. But it was not really the thing that God uh, had planned and, and desired of mankind. Um, and we know that, you know, that, that ended up in, in just becoming a ritualistic um, following the, the, the law to the letter and we understand how that was. Um, they they did the right things, and and God told them through one of the prophets that um, as much that you know you do all these things, but your heart is far from me. Um, that it's really not what God desires. Um, the the law of of sin and death. It it could not. Um, it, it could not bring what he he really wanted. Um, he he condemned the the sin in our flesh and provided uh, a true sacrifice, uh, which sin could actually be removed. The, the condemnation gone, uh, and um, you know the the infilling of the of the Holy Spirit given to us. In verse four. Um, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the, the law of sin and death could not save God's people. Um, so he, he provided um, salvation. He's, Christ came to... to um, to work that out, to to initiate that plan, um, and the the righteousness of that is is fulfilled in us. Um, so the, The, the work that Christ did on the cross is is manifested is fulfilled in in those who who receive that and and uh, allow that to to uh, give new life to them uh, allow them to or allow salvation to change them to where they're no longer walking after the flesh but after the spirit 
Um, so the yeah the the righteousness that that Christ worked is is shown in mankind. Um, we we end up being a living proof that God's spirit uh, is working in sinful man. Um, Galatians 5.16, This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, um, you know, if we, if we struggle with um, things of the lust of the flesh, you know, the, the answer is to walk in the spirit, you know, um, mortify the deeds of the body and, and walk in the newness of life, um, choosing to give heed to the way of the Lord is a safeguard of the soul. Um, to choose to walk in the Spirit um, as, as God would have us do uh, provides a, a safeguard for our soul. Um, it ensures us of, um, of eternal life. Galatians 5:25 and 26 If we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another envying one another so you know these this being desirous of vain glory um, provoking one another envying one another those are uh, things of the flesh we we don't want that. We want to walk in the Spirit, uh, walk in God's love, and uh, allow Him to to work in and through us. <clears throat> so, chapter chapter eight, verses five to eight. Now, the next few verses. Um, for they that after that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, if we just take that first portion, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Um, that took my mind, um, I don't know, did you, Did you experience this in your childhood or not? But even even in my early years in school, um, if someone was hurt and had to cry, or cried for some oddball reason, whatever it may have been, um, you know, he was often taunted by. I don't know where my thoughts were. That's not really what I had in mind. Um,
that's embarrassing, but the, the cry of what you, what you say is what you are. Okay, so if I accuse someone of, of being a cheater, I'm, I'm the one that's cheating. That's a little bit insignificant. But they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. A more, more mature thing that we hear a lot is we become what we think. Okay? So if we, if we think a lot of, about things of the flesh, carnal thoughts run over and over and over through our minds, we actually become that. Um, our, our, our mindset becomes, we, we start to walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. Um, okay, so, so if we cultivate then um, things of God's word, things of, you know, exercise our minds in, in listening to um, what God has for us through his word, through his uh, the inspirations of the spirit and, and so forth. Um, as we exercise ourselves in that, um, we find ourselves walking in the spirit. We we desire that. Verse six: uh, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, if we think of uh, carnally minded is death, what is that speaking to us? Um, carnally minded um, being being driven by the power of the mind um, and we we're not um, we're not being moved we're not acting upon uh, the the inspirations uh, given us through the spirit but uh, just just the, the power of the, the carnal mind. The, um, being focused on what I want for myself, concerned only for that which serves my interests or desires best. This, this mindset, um, the, the selfishness in that, is actually an enmity with God. Um, we're not on his side in the battle of good versus evil. Um, rather than, than being in subjection to God's word, we stand in opposition of it. Uh, and like it says here, to be carnally minded is death. The, the end results of, of just 
living the, the, the natural life, the carnal life, the end results of that is, is a spiritual death. Okay, and then, of course, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, spiritually minded is the opposite of being carnally minded. Um, we realize that you know, God wants our heart. He wants our, our full attention. Um, we, like Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. All endeavors are guided by a desire to live in the law of the Spirit. Um, I've set the Lord always before me. If, if we can capture that vision and, and um, live our life always in the, the awareness of, of the Lord leading us, um, Maybe he's he's holding our hand and and guiding us through life, and the more we experience that, the the more we desire it, um, and the more the more unmovable we become. Um, the the surrender. Um, if we think of of uh, desiring to to have God lead us every step of the way, and uh, just just being fully surrendered to to what He has for us, to whatever His will is for us in life, um, I had to think of the song. Um, I think this was a chorus. Uh, yes, my my heart says, Amen to thy will, Lord, and I know that thou lovest me still. While I bow low in humble submission, my heart says, Amen to thy will. Um, that is is um, the a a testimony of being spiritually minded. Um, so, if we think of of seeing life through a um, a spiritual lens, um, okay. So, I guess the 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 sum of my thoughts uh, surrounding this was like. We want all our life to be spiritual. Um, you know, the, the things we do and say, uh, we want to. We want to view that through uh, our spiritual life. Okay, but then. So. Does, is is everything we do spiritualized? Then, how how do we? How do we understand that? Um, 
just struggling and conveying my thought. And I'm, I'm not sure that I can come across clearly. Um, okay, so there was a time when my brother Earl worked with a fellow that uh, and Earl complained about him spiritualizing every little thing that um, that happened, and I can't really give you an example. Um, so I was like, so our all that we do is is. Um, comes from our spirituality. Um, that that's what we desire. Um, we, you know, our our work, as carnal as it may be, we still want to see it as as a channel through which we can minister to others. Um, we, we see it as uh, God's calling in our life. Um, we, we see a spiritual value in, in working uh, um, and all that. But do, do the, the small details, uh, must, must all of those be spiritualized? Um, Okay, so the word spiritual um, is simply ecclesiastical rather than lay or temporal. So the, our spiritual life has eternal value uh, built into it, okay? But to spiritualize something is to draw spiritual meaning from or impart a spiritual meaning to. So, um, I guess the, the best I have to offer is like something happens. Um, let's say we get a flat tire. And we try to draw from that a a spiritual or a, a my, my tire went flat because of something in my life um, we don't we don't want to go there um, there's It's a part of life, and we need to we need to deal with that flat tire, and and move on. We need to relate to the the frustration, the disappointment, um, the delay, whatever results from the flat tire. 
uh, from a godly perspective, but we don't need to figure out that um, this flat tire uh, is telling me that there's something amiss in my in my life. Um, I'm not sure. I. There'd be a better way of of explaining that, I'm sure. Um, to me, the the term here, spiritually minded, is is not speaking of of spiritualizing the details that we meet up on a daily basis, but being spiritually minded is realizing that that I am called of God to relate in love to those little happenings in life. Okay, let's move on to the next phrase, uh, life and peace. So, the complete thought, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Um, and this took my mind back, it's several weeks now, but Henry preached on uh, the basics of a God-filled life. I don't think he stated it that way, but he spoke that the basics of the faith or, or of the Christian life Faith, hope, love, joy, and peace. Okay, so being spiritually minded um, brings that to us, the, the things of faith and hope and love, um, and so forth. As, as we live, guided by uh, God's Spirit, we will live in those those five attributes of the Christian life, and um, so I'd like to emphasize: we will, you know, as we live, guided by God's Spirit, we will experience faith, hope, love, joy, and peace. Um, it's not that we can or we may, but we will. That is eternal life here on earth. First um, John 5.20, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So, again, to be spiritually minded is to have Christ with us, within us, and, and desiring to follow him. And the final um, reward is eternal life. Um, 
John 17, 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Um, Colossians 1, 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. The, the thing of being spiritually minded. Um, the, the fruit of all this brings us a, a deep and very precious peace. It is the gift of God. So, I don't know. In verse, verse 7, uh, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it, is not, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Um, just briefly on this, um, the carnal mind, that, that selfishness within us, that, that the, the natural response that is common to man, that actually is an, an enmity against God um, because it, it's not, it in itself is not subject to the law of God. Um, it, it's not subject to um, the things of, of faith, hope, um, love, joy, and peace. Um, it, it, it's, um, it's the root of all evil. Okay? And indeed, it cannot be subject to the law of God. Okay, because of that, we then have verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Um, I, don't, I don't know how to more clearly state it than that, I guess. Um, but other scripture that would support that, uh, Galatians 5, 17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And we experience that conflict. You know, we we want to walk in the Spirit. That is our desire. And yet our flesh uh, has uprisings, and, and those two conflict each other. Um, By, by God's grace, let us choose the things of the Spirit. Um, because, as in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50, the first part of it, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I must leave it there, I guess. Um,
I, I feel like um, I failed you, and I'm sorry. I just struggled in, and getting the depth of my thoughts expressed, and I guess I don't understand why that is such a struggle for me, but uh, it's kind of the way I found it today. So if you would, please take time to um, share your own thoughts, um, share in testimony, uh, maybe clear up things I said that are not accurate or however that may be.